you know, in these words of Ice Cube, today is a good day. This is the clean version, though, to sell. Yeah. It's a clean version to start off. Rump Chat Live. Everybody, who wants to come listen to a podcast that kicks ass, get over here. Get you a gold buckle beer. Yeah, uh... No you know, song. usually when I play Ice Ice Cube at a rodeo, Rump will say, it's not a rodeo until we play some Ice Cube. Ice Cube. How's everybody feeling? Everybody at home watching online or everybody here right now, it's Sunday fun day, y'all. Feel good about that, okay? <laughs> we got the gold buckle beer flowing, the seltzers. Um, if you, uh, It's not cold today. It's still pretty nice. but you it's, know, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a, there's a nice brisk breeze, but if, uh, it, if it's If you are fall. chilly, we do have uh, Pendleton whiskey for sale. Okay, buy one for your friend. We are, believe it or not, day number four of the National Finals Rodeo in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, we're all going to do Everybody who has been here, and I'm not complaining. I'm just stating the truth here, so don't be hating. Anybody that's been in Fort Worth for the last four to six days has now spent $36,000 in parking. Okay? That's true. That's the truth. But last night was a great night, and today... Uh, as we get in, we're going to go to our Rodeo of the Day here in a little bit. We're going to tell you more. But today we're brought to you by the Dodge City Roundup. And we're going to get to some more of that here in a minute. Dodge City, Kansas. Those guys were there. Those were the Rump Shaker crew that was at Dodge City. Nice. So uh, we got some pretty awesome guests today. Uh, the bull, We got two of the bullfighters and our barrel man from the NFR that have been. They're awesome. The Blender and uh, the great Dusty Tuckness, John Harrison. And the daddy to be shortly, Mongo. Yes. Come on up, boys. Nate John Boy. Let's just get into it. Come on up here, everybody. Come on up. What are you doing? Where's Mongo? Dusty Tuckness, John Harrison. Mongo. Nathan Justice. He went to the potty. Oh, I don't have three mics, though. That's all right. I only got two mics. Y'all got to share. How about a round of applause? Everybody here for our Barrel Man and Ten Times. Now, this is Tuck's 12th NFR in a row to fight bulls. Something like that. Yeah, it is. I know your stats, dude. (laughs) (laughs) He actually saved uh, Freckles Brown out of a hell of a hang-up one time. Speaking of that, John, how is Freckles doing? (laughs) Okay. just burned you. Oh, Hey, will you guys shut up? It's not your show. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm on a previous epi- on a previous episode, uh, we we interviewed John and his awesome wife Carla, and um, we were talking about when Lane Frost passed away. You know, him and Freckles were really really close. And I said, so you know, what was Fre- you know how was Freckles during? That? He goes, well, he'd been dead about ten years, so <laughs> I guess he was okay. Doesn't doesn't cost oh. anybody to pay attention. Oh, here comes Nate. Nathan Nate Justice. Justice, everybody, and, uh, Nate, and no, those aren't his real teeth. It's it's fitting that you're uh, that Nate is here on uh, Dodge City Day because at the Dodge City Roundup he broke his ankle in August requiring a major surgery and came back in time to fight bulls at the NFR. I don't want to say this, but he is a tough sucker. Very tough. He's a shitty golfer, but a pretty good bullfighter. Okay, but so good to have you. What? I'm kidding. He's a great golfer. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Well, you're giving me that weird hand bone look that you give me sometimes. But, guys, it's so good to have you on. John Harrison, nine times. Tuckness, 12. 
And Nate, four. I can tell by your guys' sleeves. <laughs> I was like, oh, he did it homework. Says so on his jacket. That's what I was looking. Just, I was impressed for a second. Just turn and show everybody on your sleeve right there. That's a Nate. Yeah, turn four X. He's like Ike Sankey right there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what? That's Ike's brand, four X. Four X. But so guys, talk about this. You all, of course, have worked the NFR a lot, and uh, we've we've been talking on Rum Chat down here. Like, we're not complaining, but it's just so different. Everything is so weird. So. What about, like, emotion-wise, was it going into the first performance of the NFR in the baseball field? What about it? Well, obviously, it's very different, you know. Uh, the whole atmosphere, globe life, you know, Thomas and Mac, everybody's right on top of you. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's an atmosphere that you can't even describe. Um, and globe life, as big as that building is, um, the atmosphere is a little different, but you step out in front of those yellow bucking shoots, you know where you're at, and you know what you're doing, and um, it's a it's a very cool experience. Okay, Nate, hold on, let's back that up. This is Rump Chat, okay? Kids, close your ears, okay? <laughs> on Rump Chat, we, we say that we are the real shit. We tell the truth. That was a rodeo announcer answer. It's we, a rodeo announcer question. Yeah, that was not a rodeo announcer question. It was. That was definitely a rodeo announcer. How does it feel to be fighting bulls at the NFR? No, I'm just saying Bad how ass. it sucks. I'm saying how he's going to say. I was going to say how is it different, Hambone? Okay. How are the bathrooms in there? Because the bullfighter ba locker room oh. and, and the Thomas and Mac, everybody goes in there to not go number one. The bathroom and, and the, everybody, the, even Kevin Costner did. Okay, let me. Michael Gong. Michael Gong. <laughs> the one year that I did work the NFR, that's the 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 uh, locker room at Thomas and Mac is like the size. It's not even. It's probably. Oh, sorry. It's. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. It's Sunday. It's not really even the size of this stage, and um, and this is kind of gross. But there was an old man, and Nate was uh, Nate can attest to this. And Tuck, this guy would come in and he would take a dump in there, and he, he's probably 85 years old. He's a big, tall guy. You know, John, who am I talking about? But he would come in there and just wreck out the bathroom. Then you, oh yeah, he's a Hall of Fame tie-down roper. But Roy I, Cooper, I would say. Uh, I said, hey, uh, sir. Roy Cooper wrecked your bathroom. I said, sir, I don't want to be rude, but, you know, the rest of us have to put our clown makeup on here. So if you could do your business in one of the 450 other bathrooms in the Thomas and Mac, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, there and was no door on that bathroom either. Like, it just walked in, and yeah. then there's like, there it was. You know, he told me, <laughs> he said, I'm going to tell you something right now. This is your first NFR. I said, yeah. He says, I've been taking a crap in this bathroom since the NFR has been here, and I'm not going to stop now. And he did it. <laughs> that was round four. But he, now that that just got awkward in a hurry. Wow. See, this is rump chat. Sorry, has any, folks. Has that happened in your new locker room, John? Not really. We uh, this place is a little larger and a lot more <laughs> bathrooms, and it's a long ways for them older guys to walk. Do you, do you have like a like the baseball locker room style, or is it? We are in the mascot room. <laughs> really? How yeah. fitting. Right. They probably go, oh, clowns. They want to be in where the mascot is. And we all wear makeup but him. so Yeah, he never did. Yeah, they've been trying to get me to put it on, but I don't think One, I can. Why One is that? Her. I don't know. It's just something I've never done. I've, I've always never been against wearing makeup, but... Why do you hate clowns? What, what happened to your life that started what? you hating clowns? Justin Rumford. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One Dang. point, Mongo. No, I've always... Like, when I first started fighting bulls, I've always wanted to paint my face and everything but i just never come up with a design that i really liked and it just kind of led into me 
not doing it. And yeah. You don't think do it I demeans did. the bullfighter that it makes you know people think you're a clown, not an athlete. It's an easy way That's out. It's exactly yeah. what no. you're. That, don't look. <laughs> don't lie to me. I feel like maybe <laughs> you're just too lazy to put on face paint. It? it could be. Well, no. I mean. <laughs> okay, so for uh, you know we have a lot of people watching out at home today, but for all the people here, I think. What about this? What about if we raised? You know, Nate's going to be a daddy pretty soon. There you go. How about if we passed the hat and raised $40, you would go full face paint for one perfect DNFR. Would everybody pass the hat for 40 bucks? I mean, like, if, if we got I mean, like, for, Quail Dobbs full man. Like, full, man. look at Tuck. He's pulling out his billfold. There's five, six, seven. Nope. Who actually were cashless this year. So if you could just hand me. John, you have a CDL. You have a commercial driver's license. Oh, no. Stock contractors. Did you hear that? I was smart enough to get air brake restrictions on mine. Oh, okay. So how much are we up to right now? Cody Webster just texted and said he's in for 25 cents. No, he's not. Okay. It's going to take way more than 40 bucks. I That's a $100 bill. shit worth of diapers. Okay. That is $100 if you'll wear face paint for one perf. Tonight. 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 Actually, right now, our Instagram is blowing up with people saying do it. Oh, yes. You have... You, you, so you can't come up with a design, so you have to wear it like Rump wears his. Uh, yeah. No, no, his wife, Bridges, has got an amazing idea. But what was it, Bridge, about like a swan kind of look? Yeah, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Or Mike Tyson's tattoo. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the Mike Tyson tattoo face paint of all the bullfighters, no offense, Tuck, but uh, Nate would have the most uh, Iron Mike Face yeah, yeah, they don't Why are you saying no offense? T Tuck will tell you that he's tougher than he is. That's one. That's one hundred dollar bill that me, on. me and John put do together. Do it. Do it. John and I, as, as friends. Hey, I will do this for the rump chat fans. Ah! Yes. 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 Okay. First time ever. This is going to be the paint. first time I've ever wore uh, face but paint in the ring. Let it be known, you can't do like little bullfighter, like little scroll and like be done. Like the new bullfighter, like uh, yeah. all the eighteen year olds are so throwing saying, like in the Quail Dobbs lot. red. Yeah, you red on most your face. Knowing my luck, though, I'm gonna get like a big old save tonight, and it's gonna be the rankest picture I've ever had, and I'm gonna be full on uh, face paint that I've never had before. Don't ever. worry about it. Tuck gets awesome pictures with face paint all the time. Yeah. Are you what, are you trying to say that Tuck just isn't as good as you because you don't wear face paint? Not at all. I want to dig into this. We got the, for our friendship, John. What do you think? Oh, I think that uh, he will get the ranked picture tonight that he has to live with the rest of his life, and that's the one that Dodge City will put on their poster when he comes back. <laughs> that would be even better. I will say this. It is weird. Now that I think about that, I don't know where uh, so many times as rodeo clowns or bullfighters where uh, these committees get the pictures, but you'll show up to rodeo like, hey, we got your picture. And it is like the ablest, like the worst one ever. Like what y'all did at the welcome reception the other day. The picture of me was like the fish eye. It was like the big round look as it came out. I don't know if you watched, but we had no idea what we were doing. No. And neither did the neither did the people do. Well, we noticed that when it came. Yeah, we noticed that on the commercial break when they didn't cut and Hamlin's like, "Yeah, sorry, everybody, we got a commercial break," and then it breaks to the commercial. It's not my fault. They told me in the ear, "You're okay. You're clean." It was almost like that on on Anchorman. Remember on Anchorman, like at the end of the news where he shows the two people talking? <laughs> Great show, everybody. Then, then you could hear what they're talking about. Pretty Something much. like that. Yeah, yeah, we got thrown on the bus pretty good with that. But, yeah, but I thought you guys did great. Yeah, I mean, we did pretty cool. good. I, I feel like good. I did good. Well, Hambone really sold the show. but He did. I got to give it to Hambone. I don't give Hambone enough credit. I No, you don't. I, I, I don't. <laughs> now you're, you're making it. I'm trying to give you a compliment. Now I don't want to. 
Go ahead. We got time. Or do we have six minutes left? Oh yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Have a beer. Have a beer if you want. Um, Tuck, you good? Yeah, I'm. I'm, right. I'm good. Hambo, uh, yeah. Tuck has not only not had a beer, he hasn't had a carb in 14 years. <laughs> He's got more washboard abs than Michael, than Matthew McConaughey. He really does. I, I've seen him with the shirt off on a Snapchat when he sh- That sounded weird. Speaking of Snapchat, like, explain to the public what stuff you send us. Uh, <laughs> like Naked and Afraid, maybe? I don't know. If that no. gets out, he won't be no? let within 100 yards I've, of a school. It was cold outside, he says. I found a on Snapchat where you can have cartoon characters. And when my leg was broke um, and Nate's uh, whatever injury you got at the NFR, the, when your pelvis forgot to work or whatever so <laughs> that's what it was well what was it it was a torn tore the hammy off the bone yeah that's the hammy off the bone. i shattered my leg but yours injury sounds bad too anyhow <laughs> so but I'm, the difference between that was he was actually fighting bulls big bulls what were you fighting i fought a small bull that was you know what that little bull i don't care how big he was i and in through the history of bullfighting and the history of rodeo no one can ever take this away. I threw a fake on a bull so hard. I threw a fake so good that it shattered my leg. No, you just stepped in a hole in the middle of and Denver And it shattered Arena. my leg. <laughs> it was because there's bad ground. It ain't like the NFR. We didn't get to rake every three minutes like the barrel racing here. You know what I'm saying? See, like in Denver, there was a hole. Like Benny says, see, Sean, when Sean was running the fight, see them guys, they didn't rake 15 girls. But they didn't rake. Tuck. Please tell these people, so I do have verification. I used to be a good bullfighter, and I actually, the first year that Tuckness started fighting bulls and Cody, the funny thing is, when you see kids today fighting bulls, a lot of the time you have to give them a pep talk. Like, hey, man, go to them. You're not going to get hurt. Things are going to be okay, you know, because they're, <laughs> they're, like, kind of weird about, you know, they get scared and they don't want to go to bulls. When Tuck first started, we had to pull them aside and be like, Look, Tuck, I know you're not scared, but you've got to stay a little bit back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he he was had no fear. He got uh, hooked a lot. A lot. I mean, like, every night. So the Cody Night Rodeo, June 1st through August 31st, we averaged 10 bulls a night. And the bull riding was usually 15 minutes long. And Tuckness was usually in the air nine of those minutes. Usually. Yeah, but you did uh, 2006, Big Bear... Fought a few perfs with me. He was wearing his blue shorts and his insane clown posse shirt. <laughs> and uh, so Maury, at that point in the summer, kind of got to realize that, yeah, well, I did like to fight. And he'd usually try to turn one out. And there was a old bull, a uh, uh, big high horn bull number was 420 that we always used to sell a rodeo on. And old Big Bear, we, we, we uh, by we, I mean, I Us. picked and rolled him. As a team. And he went to the other end and rump hollers at me. He says, Tuck, bring him to the barrel. I'll jump him. I'm like, awesome. So Big Bear gets on the barrel, and I'm baiting this bull back and forth, back and forth. I about get him to the barrel. All of a sudden, Rump just steps off the barrel and goes back to the buck and shoots. And so I go make around with him, and he leaves the arena. I was like, Rump, what are you doing? He's like, Tuck, man. When I was up there on that barrel, it looked and, looked and sounded really good. But then I got to wondering, what in the heck am I doing up here? <laughs> that so. wasn't the terminology I Do used. Do you have any video of him fighting bulls? Yeah. Yeah, I've got. Can you actually, get that to me? I was working, uh, going through some old videos the other day, and I was chopping it up. And that perf that we're talking about is on it. Yeah. Well, just drive to Weatherford where you will you finally get reception. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I will. Yeah. A yeah. million people in 1969, they put a man on the moon. 
There's almost a million people in Fort Worth in 2020, and we can't get service. I, Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. It's the bandwidth. Well, I'll take it up with the mayor. She's coming on Rump Chat on Friday. Yeah, the, nice. the mayor of Fort Worth is coming on here. I'll ask her. That's gonna be. Uh, it's no big deal. It's gonna be. It's gonna be cool. He didn't want to do it. He's scared. Are you sure you want to do I this? Have an, <laughs> I have. I I have an issue since I was a little child. I get nervous around people of authority, police officers, um, you know, sheriffs, deputies, mayors, school teachers. When I met President Trump, well, it wasn't President Trump. He's the president of our bank at home, but it was still. <laughs> It was still very, like, it was hard for me because I get nervous. You can ask Ashley. They took me to a special party, like, with all these young guys. It's called Yaps, Young Area Professionals. Because Ashley wanted me to, to meet some, like, people in our community. And some we get, normal businessmen. Like, normal business people. So we go there, and I'm a rodeo guy. So, like, our, our stories are quite a bit different. I mean, example, this... A few months ago, at John Harrison's house, uh, Nate Justice set my belly button on fire. Okay? And that's a true story. Yeah, that's not an exact... I got third-degree belly button burns, which we've talked about. <laughs> to me... You should show them the blister. No. Show the we tried. He wouldn't do it. So, to me, a wild story... You got another hundred in your pocket, John? No, John, no. <laughs> John, don't, I don't want that. I've already stole enough things from you over the years <laughs> but so we go to this deal with these banker people the higher ups when i get nervous but they had they had free beer and i'm like yeah this is kind of cool but it wasn't like normal like gold buckle beer it was like some weird like a one of those beers it's got like three names like carl james anderson you know <laughs> and so i'm like all right this beer's not good so this banker he's like hey man hey come on in here talk and these are all bankers he's like dude the craziest thing happened the other day so I'm just sitting at my desk, right? This is a crazy story. And his buddy's like slapping me going, wait till you hear this, dude. Wait till you hear it. I'm like, all right. This is going to be good. He's like, this hot chick walked in. Super hot. She coming to cash a check. More like to check me out. <laughs> and uh, so she's standing there. I'm just sitting in my office, right? I'm just sitting there looking at her, just loving it. I mean, just loving it. And uh, she kind of looks back at me. Get this. Right then, her pen falls off the desk. She bends over. And I totally saw her underwear. And I'm like, then what? He's like, that, that's it. That's your wild story? <laughs> I once got arrested naked and Cody on Main Street on a live bull, okay? <laughs> like, let's get, our, let's get what's wild story out. And so then after that, Ashley has not encouraged me to be around people of public authority. So when the mayor comes on, I'm going to let Hambone do the talking, and I'm going to sit over here like this. I highly doubt that, Rump. There hasn't been five minutes that went by that you don't shut up. You you gave me $20 if I could keep shut for 10 minutes. And you lost. Shane, you've been my old traveling partner, Shane Henderson, that I bulldogged with forever. Didn't I go six minutes when you guys rolled my hair up in the window? <laughs> five and a half minutes of not talking. We're going to get Shane on, I think, tomorrow. We're going to get these stories, he so we'll have to check out tomorrow. I grew show. my hair out to here, kind of like John's, and uh, Kaz has got real long hair, and he rolled it up. But, um, yeah, so uh, we, we have, we've had a lot of, of fun times, and I'm so glad that John's here. Uh, we always have fun. The Harrison family, That if you want to go back to listen to a really good podcast when his wife just makes fun of him for like an hour and 20 minutes. Actually, good. speaking of Carla, we've had a lot of fun this week, haven't we? 
Whoa. Carla. <laughs> Carla, Carla, <laughs> Carla needs the Lord. She went to church today. Uh, it was great. Carla needs the Lord. Has Carla been partying a little bit? The night before last, uh, she had wine, uh, mango margarita, regular margarita, beer, and some sort of uh, like milk shot deal, and she took yesterday off. Oh. It does. She oh. almost did not go to the perf last night. And she weighs like 106 pounds. And she's wearing high heels. I can't imagine that'd be comfortable. <laughs> Are the, how do you? I don't. I couldn't do that. But you, uh, you could for enough money. I, uh, I got on these Justin. <laughs> I got on Justin right flats right now. But um, uh, of course, you guys are always awesome. And and you've had the finals a lot, which is cool. And so I can't tell with the big pen. Is your barrel closer or farther? Or, it's so weird because I can't on the. Like the sky track thing, does it feel like you're just in the middle of nowhere? So, actually, we was talking about this. I said, I feel like I'm in the same place, same distance almost as the Thomas and Mac, and then you see it on video, and I feel like I'm in the middle of the Astrodome somewhere. Like, is out there on video. And um, now back to the serious stuff. The belly button lighting at the Harrison home has kind of gotten big over the last year. Nate's had his done. Garrett Garrigan has had his burnt off <laughs> and but when when my when we did the the fiery belly button shot mine was like so, a forest fire in wasn't it well, just so they know like kids do not go home and try this no so this is what happens when you hang around your friends and you get dared to put bacardi 151 we're in our 40s but we're still daring each other to do stuff so <laughs> so put bacardi 151 in somebody's belly button and light it on fire and his belly button's like the shot and a half, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and Vince says it's a two-shot navel. <laughs> so when he jumped up, the fire just continued to, like, go, and he was putting it out, and the flames got tall. It was good watching. Why, <clears throat> what is it about wanting to drink booze out of his belly button? Well, my bachelor party, we tried to uh, – it was in Sydney, Iowa, and it was all week, and – I tried to suck a shot of uh, Pendleton out of his belly button through a pool noodle. He wouldn't do it. He was and I wouldn't do it because it was after a perf, and when Rump gets to a rodeo, it's hot. it is. Yeah, if you've okay. ever been to Sydney, Iowa in August, it's not cool. Let's, uh, and, well, it's cool, but it's not temperature cool. Yeah, let, and, uh, and when Rump's at rodeos, it's usually a toss-up if you've showered that day. Well, so that belly that button. Week. Yeah. It's so hot. I'm not, and I'm you can usually tell because if he hasn't shaved. And he's got whiskers. And the makeup. white from his makeup is still in his whiskers. Tomorrow, Nate's going to know about that when he wakes up with his makeup on. <laughs> How many times have you woke up? John, have you ever woke up with your makeup on? It's always around the eyes and then eye, eyebrows, yep. Not from, Every just day. Getting, not from just getting into the party beer too early? Party a little bit. They almost <laughs> let me walk out of the locker room last year with my makeup on, like dressed <laughs> like this. That would great. So there's this one time uh, the bet with my wife, Bridget, in that mini golf game when Rump had a shave a cul-de-sac into his yes. head, you know? Oh, yeah. Speaking of caked on makeup. Uh, so a week later, we're in Clear Lake, South Dakota, and Rump's still bald as shit, and he goes, hey, Nate, you want to you wanna help me out here and, and shave my head so I can get rid of this cul-de-sac? I said, yeah, I'll help you out, Rump. So we go over to his trailer, and I just take the no-guard to his head, and I start shaving it. Well, I get down to his sideburns, and I start shaving his sideburns, and the, the razor starts clogging up. And I'm like, what the hell? 
So I finally get a sideburn shaved off, and there's an eighth of an inch of caked-on makeup <laughs> inside of why. his sideburns. Here is why. You never <laughs> let me tell my side of that story. At the college. And we aren't today either. <laughs> In my. <laughs> go ahead. No, go for it. Okay, so what happened was Dusty Tuckness and these guys are always pulling jokes on me. I'm just a, a nice young man from what? central Kansas who doesn't want any yeah, trouble. Yeah, you don't deserve anything. At the college finals, uh, I don't know how many people have ever put on clown makeup. Um, after I put my clown paint on, I take baby powder, and I just put the baby powder against my face, and it sets it, all right? So then when you go to wipe, wipe it off, it comes off way easier with the baby powder. Now, here's what you may not know. If you change out the baby powder with baking soda, no, 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 no. with flour, yeah. if you put flour on face paint, it will stay on longer than an actual tattoo. The funny thing about that is me and Ravinius were working the college finals that year, and we're like, man, we want to try to pull a quick one on rump. What, we, what can we do? And I had no idea what flour would actually do to make it, but I was like, hey, let's just pour out his baby powder and put flour in his bottle. You know, just ha-ha, funny, funny. Well, like Rump said, come to find out, it basically tattoos it to your face. You cannot wash off clown paint if you slap flour on it. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is the college finals is all week. Rump forgot to get new baby powder the rest of the week, so every night he'd get in the locker room and he'd put his makeup on, and after he'd put his baby powder on his face, he'd be like, damn it. <laughs> I <laughs> he kept well, forgetting. I kept forgetting. That's a long week. But the reason that makeup was so set wasn't from – anything hygienic it was from a half a pound of flour that was Tugnus's fault there was a lot of flour hey uh, how about some the some stop talking about being involved in things wasn't there some jalapeno juice involved in something that's not oh, one yeah. too many kids that's right good, here. Oh, yeah, right yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead tell, tell that story because he speaks clean anyways so uh, in Odessa Texas one year I I went to the mall there and I went by a it was kind of like a magic shop, and there's, uh, there was this little clear box, and there's a trick to open in the box. You put money in it, and if you could figure out how to open the box, you know, yada, yada. So I go to Big Bear, and I explain. I said, hey, give me 20. So he gives me 20, which is $20 getting from rump. I got that out of heart. You know, Mama ball. Bear's got rump on allowance, and it's pretty touch and go from rodeo to rodeo. And so he gives me a 20. He can't figure out how to open this box, and he's, like, losing his mind. So I open it, give it back to him. Well, Big Bear, he leaves for 20, 30 minutes, and he comes back. Well, I can see Rump going and YouTubing a magic trick. And old Big Bear, he's like, Tuck, I got a magic trick to show you. So I was like, all right, fair, fair. So I give him a 20, and he's like, all right, if you can get it, you can have it back. <laughs> Gosh, he's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> so you. he's standing there in half clown gear, and he's like, all right, if you can get it, you can have it back. And he... Pulls his pants down and puts it just between the cheeks. Puts yeah. the dollar bill between his cheeks, kind of. And whatever, I was like, you can have it from now on. Well, I tell Webster about this magic trick of Rump. So that year we get to Omaha, and Rump says something about it, and Webster's like, man, I, I don't have the money on me right now, but I'll, I'll bring some tomorrow. No way. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so we get to the arena, and Webb's like, I'll be back. So Webb, he goes and starts looking around the Coliseum there, and he goes to the catering room, and they have a, some jalapenos uh, in a jar there. So he pours out the juice and soaks that dollar. 
for like five minutes. He hangs it by a fan, dries it out, then he go get some Flexol, and he rubs it on there, lets it dry. Oh. Webb walks into the locker room, and he has that, that money right in his pocket, and Webb, when he put that money in his pocket, he just, like, scratched his lip, and, like, his lip's on fire. So I was like, hey, Rump, what about that magic trick? And, oh, Big Bear, he's like, he's all about it. So he's like, hey, Webb, all right, you got money, and Webb gives him the money, and he goes through his magic spill. Is this your dollar? And Now, if you can get it, you can have it back. Well, the previous story of him saying just put it between his butt cheeks, well, he may have got a little carried no, away on was, this one. It was the same area. And the he, he got a little aggressive with it, and I think it went a little past the butt cheeks. No, it didn't go much. Uh, quite a ways past the butt cheeks. He was still on the outside of town. It just wasn't so in city limits. He, he <laughs> puts the dollar bill into place, and Webb's like, oh, gosh dang it, that's my money. And Rump, he's waddling around like this, and he's like, no, it's cool. It's stuck. It's hot. And, boy, he went to jumping for higher ground. And then he goes, he leaves us in the locker room and is mad at us and goes, tells Ashley that, did you, you hear those guys? They, they pulled well, a quick one on me. And Ashley's like, wait a minute. You were trying to pull a quick one on them. They just beat you to the punch. So you guys are he, had a, he had a little hot butt that night. You guys are always messing with me. Yeah, oh. we try. But you know what? You do it quite a bit. Yeah. Just I, like the other day when I got you back. And, oh, and you, I about uh, cried. I, yeah. I called Ashley in tears. I'm like, I was like, I think Tuckness and I aren't friends. You know, we we've been best friends for long, so long. And I, in the past, and I'm not. I, I'm gonna. I want to apologize. I'm not like him, but I'll admit when I'm wrong. What? <laughs> I in the past have made fun of Tuckness for um, being for scared. What? Being scared of commitment, because he's a good-looking dude. He's got a lot of money. He's got a beautiful home, and he's single. And so I've made fun of him unfairly mind you of being scared of commitment and so i've made fun of him so long and uh he kind of had a date or two at these rodeos so what we would do is we would hide behind different vehicles or buildings me and my friends and if i wasn't at that rodeo i'd send a filmer and we would film tuck talking to chicks then once i got all the videos i'd send them to john and we would send them to our group and we'd all make fun of tuckness for having a date and it was a pretty fun joke, I thought, until he sent me a dream killer text. Well, hold on. So I kind of had this idea already brewing for a while. And uh, I talked to John about it. I was like, hey, you know, Rump's starting to send these videos. Like, I want to get them back. John, he's like, all right, perfect. Well, it goes like two weeks, and he doesn't beak me. And I'm like, man, maybe he's done forgot about it. No big deal. Well, all of a sudden in our group message, the videos start rolling in. I think Mama Bear commented, and, the and I text John. I said, it's fixing to go down. Give it a couple minutes. Rump's going to chime in. Well, old Big Bear chimes in. Well, my original uh, You left uh, the thought, Snapchat conversation. My, no, hold on. My original thought through it all, I was just going to put out a message on our group message so everybody would see <laughs> it your idea, and kind of laugh or like, oh, crap, Tuck's mad. Well, my good friend John here, he goes, better yet, Tuck, delete yourself from the group snap and then send him a direct personal message, nobody else. And I was like, man, I thought on it for a while. I was like, dude, that's that's gonna tear Big Bear. And I was like, well, he's he's got me a lot, so I'm going to. So I sent him this message. It was not very nice. And uh, he he tries texting me twice. I didn't respond. Then he tries calling me, and I deny his call. Well, Carla calls me shortly after that, and is like, I'm getting anxiety. You have got to call Mama Bear and rump because they're losing their crap right now and i don't want to tell them you've got to tell them 
And so uh, I let it go for just a little bit longer, and then I called old Big Bear and told him that we got him. But he wrote, I wish I could read the, I want to see if I got the text, okay? Because it was pretty scary. Like, it was a, it was almost like you were dumping me as friends. His code to get on his phone is phone, phone 5248. Yeah. 1,234. 1234. <laughs> <laughs> it said something along the lines. I said, you know what, Rump? Which I did say effing. But oh, you anyways, did? Yeah. Oh. You know that. And I said, thanks for your support. I appreciate it. And uh, oh, Mama Bear, I thought, was going to have a warrant out for my rest or a bounty for my head. Uh, so she actually scared me more than Big Bear. When okay. I called her up, he was pretty emotional. This, because I thought we were really breaking up as friends. Because this is the text. This is not a joke. You know, I find it pretty funny that all you do is go around telling lies that I can't commit to anything, and I'm scared of it. But every time I try to find someone... It turns into a big joke to you. Thanks for your support. And then I respond, man, I'm sorry, bud. I was just messing with you. I'm so happy for you. I won't say anything else ever again. I didn't realize it made you mad. You're upset. Lie number one. You're a great friend, and I don't want you mad at me. I never want to make you mad. You've been my best friend that I've ever had, and I'm truly sorry. I hope you can forgive me. Please still be my friend. And then he sends me back the, like the, like the, the meme thing that says, got him. We're not going to read Mama Bear's text messages because... So, I'm glad that we're at the finals this year uh, because we made it through almost a breakup as friends and COVID. So, together. So, And here we are. Nate's never said anything like that because uh, if Nate says anything like that to me, I'll just slap him. You know, <laughs> Nate's actually pretty tough. I know a lot of people look at bullfighters and kind of think they're big weenies. But um, Nate's actually pretty tough. John, not so much. He about killed Jurgen a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He, uh, we were all at John's house, and we were having some fun and hanging out. And uh, uh, Garrett Jurgen and I, we were going to play a joke on Nate. So at the end of the evening, we were having a couple drinks at the old uh, John Harrison bar in the bottom of his house. It's the size of the Cowtown Coliseum. And uh, <laughs> so I told Garrett, I said, hey, Garrett, let's go get in Nate's bed. Then when he comes upstairs, we'll be laying in it. So he goes, okay. So we get up there, and Nate grabs Garrett by the ankle and, like in a cartoon, throws him against the wall. And when I say throws him, I don't mean he drug him to the side of the bed and then fell and hit the floor and drug He slammed him against the wall as hard as he could and then crawled in bed and went to sleep. <laughs> I easily slipped out of the room. <laughs> And down, but you know, the other day at the Ward's banquet, we're all sitting at the table, and Rump's like, I'm gonna point to everybody at this table that I can be, uh, beat up. And we're all sitting in a circle, and he goes, You, 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 he gets an eight, he goes, You, 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 you. <laughs> I will tell you this though, uh, Nate did try me on one time. I beat up John, Tuck, Nate, Nathan Harp, um, J uh, James Hayek on the golf course. We were all golfing, and uh, we got to about the 12th hole, and there was a pond, and it was pretty hot. So John, being the professional golfer he is, he just <laughs> he takes off his shirt and belt and runs and does a belly flop into the pond. So then everybody in our group said, let's throw a rump in the water, and I squared up. 
Six people could not get me in the pond. I hit James in the shin with a putter as hard as I could. But that's how tough I am, so. In the meantime, John wears two knee braces to play volleyball. But you're tough, too. You're tough, too. <laughs> you're like trying to throw the bronze in a pond. It, like, it's not that easy. You tried to th- you tried to grab a hold of me with the pond, too. We were all there, yes. Had- and it wasn't like it started out, ha-ha, we're going to get you in the water. And the next thing you know, it went from, like, cartoons to, like, a Metallica music video. Cause yeah, but let's be honest. You didn't beat us up. You just laid on the ground, and we couldn't pick you up. So. <laughs> And I the started, truth shall I set started, you free. I started gator rolling. You, st- you laid on the ground and you were kicking at us while we were trying to pick you up and yeah. we couldn't get you. You laid down and kick. Have you oh. ever been attacked by these guys? You ever seen a five-year-old throw a tantrum on the ground oh. and your parents are trying to... <laughs> What's wrong? Yeah, I've camped next to him. Wow, he's three, three five-year-olds. I've seen them all go at once. Okay. All right, come on, let's go take a nap. Because he, he always a- wants to put them down for a nap so he can get his <laughs> afternoon nap. Am I right? Speak- Come on, let's go. Now. Speaking of naps, how long? How much longer till you'll never nap again? How many months here are we at, Bridget? Oh, two more you'll months. never nap again. Yeah, because you're going to be a father. Yep, February second. Everybody here, cheer for an eight. Going to be a daddy. Greatest thing ever. You don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Nope, we're waiting. And speaking of daddy, didn't your boy take his first steps? My, yeah, this morning we were working on it. We work on it every morning, and in the hotel room. Did and you, uh, my Gus took his first steps today. Did you cry? I did. I called Whitney and cried. And then he sent I'm, out he sent out the video to me of Gus walking, and then, and it says baby's first steps. And I'm like, man, Hambone, you're a good friend to send that to me. Two minutes later, there's a text underneath that said, "Sorry, wrong person." <laughs> no, it was the wrong video. Yeah. See, he's lying to try and make me look bad. You want to look on the phone, Bone? This is what it's like to be Justin Rumford's friend. No, it's not. No, but you know, <laughs> shut up, guys. Can we mute their right, Cody? Instead? But uh, you know, the uh, we are all friends, and and that's one thing that's like with John, that I'm so glad he's got the finals again, and obviously successful specialty uh, clown act of the year, everybody award winner this year. How many is that? Seventeen. He's won it a lot. He's had. He's got a gold card. I'm not saying he's old, but he's got a gold card. Burt Davis has a but, gold card. But, you know? but John, <laughs> John. Uh, I mean, John's done so much, though. He has been lowered out of the ceiling of the Thomas and Mack trick roping during the opening of an NFR. You scary. Yeah, he's, he's, you've done. You did you trick ride at all during an opening? And Roman ride, jump Roman, the car, yeah. a couple things. He's because he was a very successful uh, specialty yeah. act, and then he found out, wow, clowns make how much? And he's and so he started to put on face paint, and uh, it's been going hard ever since. Yeah. And and best in the business, the absolute best in the business. The I agree. Absolutely, I agree. Best that was great. I would in high the business. Five. And you know what the funny <laughs> thing about that is? Like I, I told this on the regular room chat the other day. Like it's so funny that like John's one of my closest friends. I confide in John. I call John and complain and try to get stuff figured out. But there's so many of us in the that are in the same industry, we're buddies. Mm-hmm. But like people outside of our group of people even for bullfighters, don't understand. So I hate it when somebody who doesn't necessarily understand our business sees, like, John in the arena, and then I get a text, be like, man, that clown sucks. Wish you were in there. Like, no, that's my friend. He deserves to be there. He works his tail off to be there. Or, like, every year when I do anything, and, you know, I'll just be like, man, this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, but you'll never be good as Flint. I know. I agree with that. Flint's my buddy. 
I called him or, and talked for 30 minutes. So We're actually going to be on a show Tuesday. Yeah, so it's uh, weird. Or, as, or in Sykes to Missouri when uh, the Raging Cajun Rick Young had been there for 63 years. Yeah. And Rump comes in there because they were retiring, and well, from Sykeston at least. And uh, and this lady, what tell what that lady said to you on the side of the fence after the rodeo was over? I got heckled before I even said anything, because I mean that's a rodeo where they've not had a new clown in sixty years, and then here comes my fat ass, you know. <laughs> and this lady uh, after the rodeo is over, she's probably, and I'm not exaggerating, ninety three years old. She goes, "Hey, come here." Of course, this is in Sykes, Missouri, so she's drinking a beer. And I walk over there, and she goes, I want you to know something. I ain't laughing at you. The only clown I'll ever laugh at is Rick Young. And I said, ma'am, let me tell you something. And Rick just be having to walking by. And I go, you see that, see that rodeo clown Rick Young? She goes, yeah. I said, well, you know why I'm here? She goes, no. I said, because that's my father. That's my father. And she started crying and gave me the biggest hug and said, I can see him in your eyes. <laughs> when I tried to use that same thing in San Antonio, it didn't work so well. But Oh, know. because Leon Coffey's yeah. there. Yeah, so this last year, that, Do was, you a get little, it? that was a little weird. But, but, you know, like we're all, so many bullfighters, the same deal. Like, I, I hate this for bullfighters, but you guys are so good. But, like, if, if you're a bullfighter and you have 3,000 good saves and everything goes good, you trip one time and somebody catches it on video. Oh man, there the is dirt like, monster. And we've been talking about this. The only we we hate to to be negative, but that is we are getting to the point of the NFR where you get sixty five year old men who've never been on a bareback writing uh, half page scripts on Facebook about why the bareback riders today suck. You know what I'm saying? I got a bareback horse in '98. No big deal. I ain't gonna talk about it. I was great when I did it. I was the like couch si- potato, the, 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 the arm, armchair coaches, couch or whatever potato? they say. Armchair coaches. Armchair. Well, they even had a picture of a, holding a barrier. You know, trust me, from a guy who's ran a barrier at a oh, rather yeah. large rodeo like Houston, where you have a lot of, you have a lot of line, right? Old hard-working hand bone over here. <laughs> I'm off again, aren't I? Sorry, let me tell this story. You know, and they can see in this picture, you know, they snap a picture, and a and a picture can look like anything if you make it make it want to look like you what you're talking about. So they're holding the barrier, and they're like, "Do they hold the barrier for everything, for everybody?" And so it blows up, you know. So I had to correct them. I like correcting people on Facebook. Usually at 11 o'clock at night after a couple of bourbons. You're off. Do you want to talk now? Do you want to switch? Okay. No, we're good. Okay, we're back. But um, I think we're gonna we're gonna take a little break and switch out. Um, we're not taking a break. We're not. I'm not taking a break. We're going to say the, tell these guys thank you. They got to get back here to go to the rodeo since they're not losers like me and him. Three of the best, the very ever. best guys. Our NFR bullfighters and barrel man Nate Justice, Rusty Tuckness, <laughs> and, and JJ John Harrison and Bert. Sorry, sorry. The great job. It was a mistake. From, we love you guys. Hey, well, why don't you? Where's our prize packs? Why don't you guys go out? Yeah, hey, will you grab Diana, some of the. Diana, can you get these guys some prize? Why don't you guys go around? Give out some of these prize packs to some of these awesome people while we. Uh, okay, so like we said earlier, our rodeo of the day is the great Dodge City Days. I don't know, is there anybody here from Kansas besides Shane and Missy? Yeah, Kansas people? Um, probably the greatest rodeo in the state of Kansas is Dodge City. 
They are our Rodeo of the Day sponsor, the, the wildest show on dirt, always in August. And I got to work it last year. Usually in Kansas, the 1st of August, it's about 134 degrees. This year, Dodge City was 90 degrees. And it was another one of those rodeos that had went through with the COVID and had their show, had the Extreme Bulls, just in a phenomenal group of people, Dr. Trotter and his people there in Dodge City. So before we go to our next guest, uh, we would like to actually have, let's call Doc Trotter. Doc's at home back in Kansas. We're going to put him on for a minute. This I hope is dangerous. Doc? Oh, okay. he, is he on? All right, hold on. We're going to put you on, Doc. Hold on. This is high-tech stuff here this at Rump Chat. We're plugging it in? All right. All right, Doc, are you there? I'm here. Everybody say hey to Dr. Trotter. Hey, everybody. Doc, you are streaming live in front of 5,000 people and Facebook and Instagram <laughs> land. And a bunch of people right here in the Fort Worth Stockyards. We are talking about your rodeo, the great Dodge City Days Rodeo. Doc, what was well, like? That was pretty close. It's, it's Dodge City Roundup Rodeo, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, it's you are fired. During Dodge City Days, yes. Yeah, so Doc, tell us about you guys had your rodeo this year. It was a hard year, but you, you pursued, you went through. Talk about some of the challenges this year. Well, you know, the fact that I'm a physician and also the county health officer, I had a lot of inside information. And in our town, we, between six uh, testing sites, we really took the COVID down to its knees, got our numbers down to single digits per day, and that's kind of what was my plan. So between all these testing sites, we were down to single digits. We had uh, some criteria where we had to have uh, hospital space in case there was a surge. We had to have a low death rate. We got all of that. We said, all right, let's have a rodeo. So uh, that's when we made the decision as a committee to go ahead with our rodeo. It, it, you know, we did, we obviously had to make some changes on the backside with the contestants. We pretty much ran it as it was. Uh, because we knew they'd been all over anyway. And on the front side, yes, we added some sanitation stations and we put up signs saying, enter at your own risk. And it really went pretty well on the front side also. Uh, we didn't tell people to social distance, but just by the mere fact that some people didn't show up, yeah. attendance was down enough that it was pretty much social distance except for the really big nights of friday saturday and sunday so right it worked out that way we didn't see a surge afterwards uh i can watch all those numbers and so we didn't have a surge but we had a great rodeo we had more contestants than we've ever had we had the largest payout we've ever had it was a record payout so it worked out well uh I do this thing when people leave, I stand out front and shake their hands. And yes, I did shake their hands if they wanted me to. And they were just so appreciative of Dodge City Roundup to go ahead and have the community event because most of the events for Dodge City Days got canceled. Uh, some of them do the fact that the sponsors didn't have the money to, to fund those. And some right. of the others were close quarter things that would have been a risk. We did have a guy here in town. He does a lot of concerts at his place. He went out and rented more space so he could social distance a bit. Right. He went ahead and had concerts every night. So we had quite a bit of Dodge City Day still go on, but we, we missed a lot of it, too. I think that also impacted our attendance. We know how much Dodge City Days helps up 
us and how much we helped Dodge City Days. But so for everybody sitting out here today, Doc, I mean, I love Dodge City. It's a great community event. What is the number one thing in Dodge City at the rodeo that people should be excited about for next year? 2021. Think, <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot about what makes our rodeo so popular. And one of the things we do is we just rodeo. Uh, nothing against those that have all these other events, but uh, we're a big arena and we're a two-hour straight rodeo. It looks like the NFR. You know, we do, yes, we have some uh, specialty acts and, and we have a couple local acts. We have boot scramble and mutton busting. But other than that, it's just straight rodeo, two rounds of bulls. We start with a round of bulls. We finish with a round of bulls. And then it's just, just pretty much what you see at the NFR and a lot of the same uh, personnel that work the NFR work in Dodge City. So we think that makes us popular because you just you don't have to see anything you don't want to see, and you can see just an awful lot of really good rodeo. Well, heck, yeah. Well, I tell you what. I, so, but uh, real quick, uh, Doc, this is Hambone. Um, you have, i got to say, probably one of the nicest guys in the world to announce your rodeo, Boyd Paul Hamas. <laughs> 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 See, I know that's all I have to yes, say. Announcing he's a nice guy. Yeah. He, he no, listens he, to Rump Chat. Yeah, we, we, we give him, we razz him a lot, but he um, he gets back at us. Don't worry. Uh, that's yes. one thing about Boyd. Boyd will always get even. <laughs> yeah, watch what well, you say, he's, Doc. He's, 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 a, he's a passionate person. He is. He wants us to have the very best performance we can. Yep. Uh, I've been present now 18 years. I've learned uh, a whole lot. Well, I was going to say a ton, and I, it is a ton of stuff, how to put on a rodeo. Uh, I come to him with uh, like my military openings, and I and I just present to him kind of the skeleton. You yep. know, th this is This is who I'm bringing how best should we do it and then he tells me how best we should do it and i've learned from him you know simpler is better than complex the one year that i had a black hawk fly over and a whole bunch of other stuff it's a wonder he didn't kill me but yeah but uh, but, but that was also the year i got mounted on the wrong horse for the grant for the, uh, the <laughs> what happened there well because of all this activity I'm, I normally I would get on the Volt horse and ride it for a little bit, so I'm sure on the right one, and it gets comfortable with me, and I get comfortable with it. Well, that night I'm over here on a radio coordinating this huge military opening, with all this stuff going on, with a Black Hawk that came right over the arena, right at the end of the national anthem. So I just said, have him standing over there. So I just went over, jump on this horse. Here comes the Black Hawk. Of course, it spins around. Well, okay, the Black Hawk. All during the grand entry, he wouldn't sit still. Well, it's it's a bold horse. They always like to hang out with Harry. Then I'm sitting back there getting ready to be introduced, and at that time we came from the corner down to the middle, up into the middle, and Queen walks up and says, you're on the wrong horse. I said, oh, I, I think I figured that out because the stirrups were a little high. And of course, all of Harry's horses were black and white, so how could you tell the difference? But I just, just didn't feel right, and they said, you're on Smurf. Well, Smurf's only job in life is to run the arena full speed with the queen. So I'm thinking, well, if I just don't spur him, no, I got 10 feet into the arena and he just takes off on a dead run. <laughs> I look like whiplash, literally, I do, because the stirrups are too high. Boom Boom Johnson was the clown barrel man. He'd moved his Ooh. barrel out there. I hollered at him to move his barrel because I thought we were going to jump it. I really did. Then Boyd was down in the corner, ran him out of the corner. 
<laughs> I'm headed for the no. West Grandstand thinking if he stops, I'll be in the fourth row and I'll be in rehab. <laughs> if he turns the corner, I'm going to hit the pickup like Miss Alabama did one time. And so finally they got me pinched on the rail and got me stopped and <laughs> parked me out into the arena and, and Harry came out and we were okay after that. But, uh, huh. and Boyd, and speaking of Boyd, he said, I got to protect this guy. It's a contract year. Exactly. So, uh, then. <laughs> that would be Boyd. So, so of course that was the first year we had a big screen. And of course the next two nights, that was the opening video on the of big course. <laughs> and my kids were laughing. My mom was saying, guys, um, no, your dad's in trouble. He's in trouble. And we had whiplash that year. So worked so out. Tom, so Tommy Lucia came up to me out back and says, yeah, whiplash is really mad at you. I said, well, what's the problem? You stole his act. And so that's just one of the fun things you do uh, at a rodeo and things that go on back behind that nobody knows right. about. So. Well, well, Dodge City is definitely a, a bucket list rodeo. Yeah, it's a, it's a big rodeo. Um all the all the bigs all the bigs go there. Um, I I went actually I've been through my hometown. Doc uh, Sydney Iowa goes on the same time, and it that's what's great about that those Kansas run yep. is they can come up and hit Sydney. It's in the southwest corner, so yeah. it yeah. all helps so much. So because those guys now because there's still some the northwest stuff is starting to take off and stuff. So um, it's always good to have Dodge City going because it dang sure helps uh, a lot of other rodeos. And Doc, yeah, there's Phillipsburg, Abilene, Sydney, Iowa. I yep. mean, it's, we call it Cowboy Christmas after Christmas, so, yeah. Well, Doc, well, Boyd always affectionately, when I'm around road, working rodeo as a Boyd, he always calls Sydney Dodge City's bitch. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I speak a little nicer of him. Yeah, I, yeah for sure. I appreciate that, Doc. And, Doc, yeah, thank, right. you, thank you very so, much for Dodge City, the Dodge City Roundup and Dodge City Days and all the – the great things you've done for rodeo and continue to do with your organization. Uh, we've got the website on our Instagram and okay. Facebook page. So send Dr. Trotter a message and tell him, thank you for sponsoring a day of rump chat. Here's our rodeo of the day, the great Dodge city roundup. You Doc, thanks for your time and enjoy your Sunday. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks right. doc. Awesome. But our final guest is the most, I think he's the most downloaded episode. He is. Well, yeah, there's one or two episodes, and I think he's got, he's right there. And we're glad he's going to come back and hopefully tell us about something else he stole and left on the train tracks. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the coolest cats ever to put on pants. <laughs> Mr. Bobby Kerr. How are you, brother? Everybody around Bobby, Bobby Kerr. Kerr. All right, if you're mingling around, bring your beers over here. It's fixed on getting good. Okay, <laughs> You know, Bobby, when we do say that, you are probably – I tell my wife all the time, Bobby Kerr is one of the coolest guys yes. I have ever met. Like, when you walk down the street, people want to be your friend. You look like – You don't read people very good. <laughs> no, I do, but, you know, uh, anybody that listened to the Bobby Kerr episode, we got to learn so much about him. And, and a little bit about Bobby, he's a – uh, a Texas man who started the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame. He's got Mustangs pulling wagons in Heiko, Texas. He's got axe going down the road, training Mustangs. You got a show here in town, Cowboys and Caballos. You've got an awesome wife, Susan. Hey. And you guys travel the country. So kind of take uh, catch us up to speed on what's been going on with Bobby Kerr, the Mustang man. Well, this year, you know, 
it's 2020, so <laughs> I think we went from uh, 90 perfs to 18. Mm. So uh, staying home, I uh, did a lot of stuff in my shop, did some metal art again for, you know, building stuff for people, trying to make a living, and uh, oh, I'm taking up engraving and building some horse bits, and uh, I bought a wagon, a carriage, and I give carriage rides in uh, Heiko, Texas, Friday and Saturday nights, and uh, you know, that that's turned into be a pretty good little deal. Right? Nice. You use the horse, the, the Mustangs you use to pull the wagon at Heiko, those are the same Mustangs you used to rodeo with, is it? Oh, is yeah. Right? Yeah, I had the harness from when I did my, I call it my manure spreader act, you know, when I pulled the wagon. So uh, I was actually going to, we were cutting trails through my woods, and I was going to start giving trail rides. And I thought, well, not everybody's going to be able to ride a horse, so I should get a wagon. And then I thought, well, hell, if I get a wagon or a carriage, I could probably give carriage rides in Heiko, so I went and talked to the city fathers in Heiko. So the EDC kind of gives me a, a backup just to show up in town, and then I work on tips. And, you know, the people I've met and the stories we tell, is it's a lot of fun. So the one story i got to have you tell, we, if anybody has listened, you know about the, the train on the uh the, the tractor, tractor on, on the, the train, train tracks. tracks. You know oh, what the boy. funniest thing about that story is? You don't. You can't even realize how many people like that I'll bump into. They'll be like, "Hey, you're the guy from Rump Chat." I'm like, "Yeah." Like, is Bobby Kerr real or is he like just a character? <laughs> I'm like, "No, he's a real person." Um, but you guys have traveled the country. You know, when I first got to hang out with Bobby and Susan, and and um, they were in California. The he had you put the Flying You Rodeo Company. He had a saloon. Right, a saloon mm -hmm. that was made out of a two-horse inline bumper pole that he could ride up on top of. Have you ever seen the saloon? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. Well, he's I've got, worked with Bobby a time. He's or two. got like five hundred different things to do with Mustangs. <laughs> but you got to tell the story about your saloon accident going down the highway in California. Well, we were headed to California, and uh, that saloon. I pulled it. I followed Susan. She was in the motorhome, or she followed me, and I drove my 1946 International flatbed, and on the back of the flatbed, I had my little chuck wagon that I used in my act. I had it strapped down, and I had the saloon behind that. So uh, we're rolling down the interstate going through New Mexico, coming out of Amarillo, and... Uh, it's getting kind of late in the evening, and I, I pulled over to check, probably let my dog out and check my load and everything, and, and so I'm on an exit ramp just on the side, and I'm just standing there looking at stuff, and, and uh, all of a sudden, a guy says, you give me a ride? And I about had a heart attack. He come out of nowhere, <laughs> and uh, he was just a, a drifter-type dude, you know, hitchhiking. A, a hitchhiker crawled into the saloon. Rolling well, I said, no, man, I ain't got nowhere for you to ride. It's just me and Bird in the front. That 46 ain't but 30 inches wide in the front seat, you know. And uh, so he jumps in the saloon. He says, I'll ride right here. I said, no, that probably ain't right. I started to say, okay. He thought about it. Yeah, I was 
going to let them do it. And, and then I said, you know what? I said, if you want to ride up on that chuck wagon, I'll give you a ride. So it's high on the back of the truck, and the seat's pretty high. So he sits on the seat of the chuck wagon, and I start heading down the like interstate. the driver's seat or inside? On the driver's seat. Oh, my God. He's sitting, he looks like Granny and yeah. Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> sitting up there, and I'm driving down the road just laughing to myself. Let's check. I wonder what kind of, you know, when you go down road with a rig like that, it pretty much takes you half an hour to an hour to get fuel because everybody comes up to you and what the hell is that you know what oh, you, you know and the gearheads what you got in that thing yeah it and just goes on and on you know well it's on that night that truck was actually on a 93 dodge yeah. cummins chassis with a cummins engine right but it was a 1946 46. yeah yeah it, i i can actually say that i was a part of some of that because at Tehachapi, California, uh, Bobby and I, we went to go to the parade, and he's got a, uh, a Cadillac with airbags and has a Cummins engine in a 63, 63 Cadillac with a 12-valve Cummins. And he builds all this himself. In That he built. He doesn't buy this. So we are pulling a two-horse inline that says Total Feeds on it that he'd redone, a beautiful red inline so uh, Bobby and Susan, his wife, and myself, I'm dressed as a rodeo clown, and here we go pulling this trailer with this convertible Mustang to the parade. Convertible Cadillac. Yeah, convertible that the Cadillac. the Mustang rides in. We get to the parade, and we go to pull in, and the lady running the gate literally looks at Bobby and said, are you here for the parade? Nope, we're just passing through. And everybody <laughs> going through that parade, like that car... I can't even imagine how long it would take to get fuel because, like, d does anybody ever, especially, like, where you rodeoed in south-central California, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you probably get more than one look, you know. <laughs> like, of all the things you can see, you don't really think about a, a big mustached uh, cowboy from Texas with a convertible rolling through town pulling no, a horse. No, no, I've been uh, going through the wrong part of town, and they say, Look at that. There's a cowboy lowrider. Drop that thing down, you know. <laughs> Which you can because it's on airbags. I can. And it yeah. about fell on your head, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Yeah, that that deal there, we were in uh, Reno. And uh, I think we were going to Utah. And uh, we stopped there at the Petro and got fuel. And I did a U-turn real tight with the trailer. And uh, I felt it's like it locked up. It didn't want to go, the tongue of the trailer. So I just romped on it like anybody would. Oh, yeah. You know, got her straightened out, and we took off. And, and Susan got fuel in the motorhome, and we just took off. And uh, something didn't feel right. I got out, and I looked. Everything looked fine, so we just took off again. And uh, we didn't get very far, and I blew a tire and uh so i had a spare and i had a jack and i jacked it up and, and i couldn't hardly get the tire off and i couldn't hardly get the new tire on and i couldn't figure out why the the wheel was closer to the wheel well and it cut the other wheel and i couldn't figure that out anyhow we started easing along and it's rubbing cutting the my new tire i just put on so I played with the air ride height, 
and I got it just about an inch off the ground and it cleared and we rolled. Well, I did a UE, we got back to the truck stop and parked it there. We called friends that lived nearby. They come got our horses and we went to their place. And uh, the next morning, I just couldn't wait to get back to the petrol there to look at my car to see what the hell had happened. So uh, I couldn't see under there because it was sitting on the ground. So I hit my airbags and I aired it up and I couldn't see and I got right under there. I mean, I was right under there thinking somehow that axles moved over to one way and uh, I pulled my head out and I just went to say, God dang it, that airbag blue and that Cadillac fell on the ground. I mean, just a second earlier, it had landed on my head, mm. you know? I, that's because that Cadillac would have done that earlier, but that car knew that you were too tough. If even if it landed on you, you'd probably be okay. Yeah. Cause you were a tough, you were a tough cat. You know, like I, I think that of all the Cowboys I've met, Bobby is tough. Cause you think about your normal special, you think about my specialty act, right? With my motorcycle, I don't have to ride my motorcycle all day. Like, when, by, by the time I want to go, I fire it up and go. But at these rodeos, Bobby's working these Mustangs all day. And yep. I, think, I think one thing that kind of gets lost is, like, people don't understand. They see you riding a horse. Oh, it's a guy on a horse. But these Mustangs that you're riding are actually wild that were caught out of the middle of nowhere. You know, and that's why. Tell us about that because that's one thing I just don't know if people understand. It's not like you bought a a horse like a three-year-old that's been halter broke most of these wild mustangs have never hardly seen people no most of them have been four or five or six years old when we get them and and yeah they're wild um but you know there's a procedure we go through and i and i compete in the mustang makeovers it's a 120 day wild horse training contest so you got to be kind of careful what you do you don't want to blow something up you can't fix. Mm -hmm. the, the big thing there is gain their trust, you know, and that's really what got me into being a specialty act. If you go to the Mustang makeover and you happen to make the finals uh, through other, you know, reining and cow horse and trail class, they take the top 10 or 20 to the finals, you get to put on a show to show the judges in the crowd and that it's a freestyle. And my freestyles have turned into my rodeo acts. Like the saloon was in my, you know, my old truck was in the, so. But then once you get to doing the rodeos, you know, you do 100 performances a year, your horses and my dogs, they kind of get one step ahead of you. And uh, so in between perfs, I'm out there riding my horses, trying to go back to the basics and basically keep them uh, trying to keep them honest when I'm cutting my dogs and, and whatever. And uh, you don't want them thinking every time you go in the arena, you know, it's blow and go wide open like we do, you know. So that's why I'm riding my horses a lot, you know. I'm, I'm trying to just train them. And so <clears throat> I got to tell this story. Um, Bobby's always just, every time he's acted, it's perfect. You know, if it may mess up in his mind or something, but or but you never know, right? It's just he just rolls on and, and goes out and it seems like part of the act, and that's what a professional does. 
San Angelo, Texas. Oh, God. <laughs> See, here we go. This is Rope Chat stuff right here. So, in San Angelo, he's got the buckboard. And he takes his Mustangs hooked to the buckboard, and he goes, and he starts, you know, goes fast, and he's driving this, showing that he's trained this Mustang to drive this buckboard wagon. Well, it broke. No, I jumped. Oh, yeah. I jumped from the wagon to the horse. That's it. And okay. then I pulled my pins. That's it. But when I jump, I've let go of the reins, and when I jump, trigger grabs high gear. <laughs> He's hauling butt until I get back on her. I get him slowed down. I pull the pins, and then I grab my reins, and I go on with the act. But when he grabbed another gear, I jumped, and I landed crooked. I was off to the side. Trigger's going 100 mile an hour, and I'm trying to be like John Harrison or like a trick rider and pull myself up. But I think this is part of the act because Bobby never messes up. So I'm going like, dang, Bobby, putting a little twist in on this. Well, I fell off. <laughs> I'm thinking, God damn, I'm fixing to fall off in front of this full sold out perf, you know. And sure enough, I fall over and I never got my pins pulled, so he's pulling the wagon, and the wagon run over me. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I, I heard thump, thump, and those wheels went right over you my still, shins. You still thought that it was part of the show when he got ran no, over? No, no, at this point, when he fell off, I knew we were... Well, there's a lot the of people that thought it was the show. We'll get to that in a sec. <laughs> so, Trigger's hauling ass, looks like chuck wagon races with no driver, it and does. I'm going, whoa, whoa, tr Trigger, come here, you know. He ain't doing nothing but run wide open, and Boyd is announcing, and Boyd says to the crowd, on the count of three, let's all say, whoa. He goes, one, two, three, and the whole Coliseum goes, whoa. He comes right to me and stops. <laughs> it was awesome. So I jump on, pull the pins, and take off. Woohoo! You know, take off, go with it. And I guess when I got run over, it flattened my holster or something, and my gun come flying out. <laughs> I caught the gun and went boom, boom, you know, just went on with it. Well, I didn't realize that, you know, later on in the act, I jump over the wagon to grab the flag. Well, I unhooked the wagon right against the wall. Well, my lovely wife realized that. She's in the pickup in the 46. And there's actually two guys riding in the saloon because of the low entry. Mm -hmm. They had to, and then when we cleared it, they pulled the ropes and stood the top, top of the saloon up. Well, she gets those guys out, and they're over there rolling the wagon off the wall. Well, I'm up there spinning and shooting and jumping through the window, and, and then it comes to the part where I rope my robotic calf. Well, I build my loop, and I go, and... I'm looking for the calf, and I saw her over by the truck, and I'm going, come on, let's go, let's go, you know? Well, she, Is that exactly what he was saying? <laughs> I bet, I bet she, if you could reword that a little bit. <laughs> she grabs the remote and takes off, and I rope the calf and, and tie it down. And uh, then I take off, and I jump over the wagon and grab the flag, and then I go up on the roof of the saloon. And... Uh, you know, Trigger had made, I don't know how many laps around the Coliseum, and I got run over and wore out, and that's a hard-ass climb going up there. We're all out of wind, and I did not think we were going to make it. 
I mean, I was kicking and whooping, come on, trigger. You know, I didn't want to John Payne it or nothing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyhow, we got up there, and I tell my poem, you know, and and I think the first thing I said, is that Western enough, y'all? You know, and I went into my poem, out of breath. Yep. And uh, got done my poem, and I come down, and he, you know, leaps off there, and I make a round with the flag. Well, when I started making the round, my gun flew out again. He landed in the dirt. I couldn't catch it because I had the flag. So I was worried about my gun. And then I go and I jump over onto the back of the pickup, you know, on the, and then she's going to drive off, and I ride out on the back of the pickup on top of trigger. So I jump up there. Nothing happens. I'm going, come on, Sue, let's go, go. She said, Ooh. truck won't start. Oh. I said, shit. <laughs> so... I jump, me trigger jump off, and I side pass over there, and I know which wires I reach under there. Try it now, and it starts, you know. So she takes off. They fold down the top to go out, and when she folds it down, these elbows come out. Well, we hook all the speaker wires and stuff in the alley going out. Well, they're saying, back up. Well, you can't back that inline thing up, so they had to get up there and pull the wires back. And, it was the biggest wreck I've ever had. <laughs> we recreate that act this week. All this in like seven minutes. Yeah. I, mean, it's a- I got out there to the parking lot. You know, it's in the middle of the rodeo, and hell, there's people coming out, leaving the rodeo, coming out there and say, God damn, that's a, that's the damnedest act we ever seen. You ever get hurt when that wagon runs over you? <laughs> no, man, it's just part of the show. <laughs> See? True I'm- professional rolls on, and we did, and it you know, people, it's, it stinks, but it's like to us that yours is different. But like when he messes up, falls off the motorcycle or something, that's hilarious. That's when his act is the best. I don't agree with that. You know, but that was dang sure entertaining that day. And I'm just glad to see you walk up because I did see the, the wagon run over you. But when that truck wasn't starting, you had to get down because obviously none of us, you know, know what's going and Boyd's selling you and selling you. <laughs> I, I can You're under- just like, sweet mother of God, I, start. I get it, though. When, when it goes bad, because when I first started rodeo clowning, I did the buck and horse act where, you know, I, you didn't get to see it because I was already retired by then. But I would get on a buck and horse in my clown gear, and, uh, well, sometimes I made the whistle. You know, I'd get on with a stock saddle at Waterloo, Iowa. I got thrown over the fence. The horse hit the fence head first, and I went over, and I landed in a trash can head first on the front row of that little bitty coliseum. And when I stood up out of the trash can, somebody just thrown a half-eating deal of nachos in there. And when I stood up out of the trash can, this nacho cart was stuck to the top of my head. And that rodeo committee said, that might be the best clown act we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Would you do it again tomorrow? And then they said, how do you choreograph, how do you teach the horse which part of the fence to hit? And I was completely honest, and I said, I just show the horse the correct trash can. Okay. (laughs) But my, well, when it did, I couldn't walk for a week. Anything can happen. But, That's but rodeo. Was that the only time it's went bad? Uh, yeah, I think so. What, I think so. You know, well, I can Knock say, on wood. I, I know one more when it's kind of went crazy was that uh, when Bobby and I were together in uh, East Los Angeles yeah. at Industry Hills, City California. City of Industry. I slid off, off the side rails that time. Well, not ex- that too. But so we are doing a private 
rodeo for 5,000 uh, oh, 5, kids yeah. from South Central Los Angeles. Yeah. who Most of them have never seen a horse. So at one point of Bobby's act, he lays the Mustang down and he shoots a sawed-off shotgun with blanks in the air to signify the horse is gentle. So he climbs on top and shoots that shotgun off, and 5,000 of those kids scattered. Like, <laughs> they were jumping under the bleachers. He, he got a gun! He's shooting! And I mean, Bobby had his microphone on. No, it's good, it's good. And then Cotton Rosser come right around, shaking everybody's hand. But um, when you got to start off the Flying U, of course, you know, I love the Flying U, a great bunch of people. But, you know, I feel like Rodeo. Family. Yeah, yep. for sure. Rodeo in California is. Is uh, is, hold on. Is Reno as big a dick to you as he is, is to Reno us? Is Reno rude to you? I was getting to that. Where That's is? weird. Because Reno, Reno can be really mean. <laughs> I bet he's he's not like that to you, is he? No, I he's guess been he's, really I, good I, to I guess me. he respects Bobby more than us. <laughs> Why do you feel like that Ro- uh, Robbie, that Reno is so mean to me and not you? <laughs> I don't know, Rump. <laughs> what do you think? I guess he likes Bobby better. Well, I, I probably probably adds a lot more value to his shows. Well, that's probably true because there are several mornings when me and Bobby park by each other at the Flying U Ranch. I'll be out there having a nice little morning, drinking a beer, and Bobby will be like <laughs> working and helping the Flying U guys. I think I he I think he tried to make you not like me when he told me to go out there and take that fuel tank and cut it up and make it a toolbox. You remember that? <laughs> I don't want to comment on that. Yeah, you have to. I have. I had nothing to do with it. I just did what he told me. <laughs> We're in California, right? And I'd always wanted a transfer flow fuel tank. Uh, they're they're a little pricey. They're a little they're they're about twenty two hundred dollars. They're they're well built, made in Chico, California. Transferflowfueltanks.com. Anyhow, they're not giving us any money, so forget no that. or fuel tanks anymore. But so I had bought a thousand dollar, one hundred gallon fuel tank. With a, um, where the top of it was? Toolbox. A toolbox. So the guy from Transfer Flow was at Woodlake, California, and he goes, why don't you have a Transfer Flow fuel tank? And I said, oh, I've never been able to afford one. <laughs> and he said, it'd be a shame if somebody come and got your truck and put one in. Like it would be. Well, I, fl- I fly home that week, and I leave, uh, leave my keys with Reno, and I get back, and there's a brand new Transfer Flow fuel tank in my pickup that they had put in for free. And I really appreciated that. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to sell my $1,000 fuel tank that I had put in two weeks earlier <laughs> online. I put it for sale online, and I asked Reno where that fuel tank is. He said, Bobby Kirk, cut it up. And I go back there, and, Re- and Bobby had took my tool, t- tool fuel tank combo, cut it all open, and made it into a, a big truck box. Under the instruction of Reno Rosser. So, I didn't know it was yours. He said, you're good with a plasma. Go cut the bottom out of the toolbox so it'll be deeper, I you know. I didn't realize by him giving me a new fuel tank that I was surrendering my old one. I forgive you and I don't. You still come out over $1,000 a head. And you had a better because it's a transfer flow, which has a pump and not a gravity flow. Yeah, they're... So if you're watching right now in Chico, California, nobody here feels sorry for you. <sighs> well, I felt bad for myself because, you know, <laughs> I'd so, the guy that I sold it to was actually in California. And he's like, hey, can you meet in Sacramento at noon? 
And I'm like, hell yeah. And then I see the deal. I'm like, call him back. I'm like, hey, man. And then I got like a three, no, a two-star deal on Yelp or something from like the local sales group. <laughs> and you know what? I never sold, because I sold a lot of stuff around the Sacramento area because, you know, when I'd get bored at the Flying Your Ranch, I'd cruise around and find shit to steal and, and uh, you know, stuff like that. You know how I am. But not, not important stuff, but just little things like old truck parts and, um, you know, <laughs> all the great things in Marysville, California. So uh, we got about 10 minutes. We never did finish the... No, the hitchhiker story. Yeah. Can you finish that? Because, yeah, see, he is the worst interviewer in the world. I don't, I don't have a plan. Well, he led it off to some other stories. So, so you know. okay, let's go back. Hitchhiker on top of the chuck wagon on top of the flatbed of a 46. Yeah, so he's driving he, down the highway. Yeah, he rides up there and it starts, it gets dark. So I come up to the truck stop and uh, I don't know, you know, I'm thinking I need fuel anyway, you know, so I pull in there and I'm thinking that's enough. They don't need to be riding up there, you know. So uh, I, I pulled in there to get fuel and I told him, I said, you need to get another ride, you know, I brought you this far and, and, uh, he just didn't want to leave. He gets back in the saloon. He said, please let me ride in here. He's, he said, I got to get out west, blah, blah, blah. And I just wouldn't let him do it. So uh, I think we kind of camped out or the sun come up or whatever. We're, uh, it's, an, it's the next morning, and we're rolling through Santa Rosa, New Mexico. And uh, she's following me in the motorhome. And like I said, when people see that rig, they're always going, hey, you know, and they're mm -hmm. waving, hey, what, hey, that's cool. You know, they're always, you know, driving yep. down the road. So I'm driving down the road, and this guy come up beside me, and he's going, hey, hey. And I'm going, hey, man, howdy, you know. <laughs> no, hey, look behind you. And I, I look behind me. I ain't got no damn saloon behind me. I go, oh, oh, sh you know, shit, shit, yeah. <laughs> I ain't know what you're, I was towing wasn't being towed no more. <laughs> oh, that crap. You know, and I'm visualizing, oh, shit, this thing come unhooked. I don't know when. And this probably went across the median and hit somebody and killed somebody, you know. And they got the guardrails going through the middle, so it took a while to find an opening to get turned around on me and old Bert and inside of Thelma, which is my truck, we, we're hauling ass <laughs> That's a great name. backwards, you know, going to where we come from. And uh, there's the old saloon leaned over against the guardrail. You know, it, it, you know, I'm oh shit one minute, but I'm relieved it's, you know, not a big wreck or yeah, something. Yeah. And uh, in, in Susan's words, she's following me. And I kind of go around the curve, and the saloon keeps going straight. The saloon hits the guardrail, and, and I guess she's trying to text me, you know, going, oh, shit. Yeah. What? You know, and I just, I just keep going on out of sight. I just keep me and old Bert are driving along, you know, and I'm not looking in my mirrors. And, Bert's uh, his dog, by the way. <laughs> it's not another dude. Yeah, Bert's my dog. So... Uh, when I built that saloon on the inline body, I took those inline toolboxes that are on in each side. I put one up under the rail 
going up, and I stood one up. And I don't know why. I'm always working on stuff. I put my little Miller welder in there and a grinder. I had a bottle of gas, and that Miller welder will work on 220 or 110. You know, so uh, I looked, and oh, the other part of that, when it hit the rail, the right rear wheel broke off at the axle and went flying down the interstate, headed at Susan. Well, she keeps veering over, and sure enough, the wheel's coming down the interstate flying and hits her, our motorhome, in the right front corner. That was $2,000. And anyhow, it ricochets and rolls back down almost to the saloon. Rolls back. It's up against the guardrail. So uh, anyhow, I got Susan to go on by, turn around, and come up behind us. And I grabbed that stub of an, you know, off the spindle of that wheel, and I hold it up there. And I'm thinking, I can probably weld this thing back together. So I got a jack in there. We run extension cord to the motor home and get the old welder and the gas out. And on the side of the road, I'm under there welding the axle back together. And uh, didn't really get a good weld or trust my welding. So I took my four-way and I cut a, I welded it for a brace in there, you know. <laughs> and uh, I thought, that'll work. So we put everything up and. I'll get to variety, uh, uh, you know, the, and get another axle and put under it. It was my plan. So I take off, and sure enough, that wheel's crooked, and it's like this. <laughs> Going down the road, everybody's <laughs> looking at me. And uh, we get to variety and go to the tractor supply. Well, they didn't have another axle, and I called a place in, in uh, the next town, Albuquerque, whatever, and yeah. Couldn't find one, so I just went in there and bought, you know, you can go to track supply and buy chain and hooks, which I didn't have safety chains on. It was fixing to have them. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought angle iron and flat bar and, you know, and I spent 10 hours in the tractor supply. That Actually, that trailer was just hanging on. It almost, the fifth, you know, the fifth wheel under the front axle that, it turns all that stuff was broke it was just hanging on by a thread so i had to re-weld and brace and and uh anyhow we got her got her going and headed to california and this saloon we called the prickly pear saloon i had cactus growing on the window valances you know we got to california and uh the guy says uh what the hell is this I said, it's a rolling saloon. You ain't ever seen one of them? He's looking at my whole rig, and he said, you got any plants and stuff like that? You know, I go, no, sir. He said, well, what's, what's them cactus? I said, well, it's cactus. It's the prickly pear saloon. He said, that stuff can't come into California. I said, what? He said, there might be fire ants in that dirt. He said, we're going to have to unload all that cactus. And they went and got wheelbarrows and shovels. And we had to scoop all my cactus out. Good Lord. And then they got a water hose and washed it all. And then we headed, got to, to Hatchapi, and I told Dal, and we went out on his ranch and dug up cactus and replanted. <laughs> so, anyhow, it's got 
California cactus in it now and still got the four-way welded there for the brace. <laughs> that and, is insane. That and, makes uh, it better. Anyhow, quite the, quite the trip. I mean, it's just another fraction of the stuff that's happened in the life of Bobby Kerr. Boy. And you know what, buddy? We're blessed to call you friend. You Amen. and Susan are awesome people. We just love you. Thank you. Love to hang out with you. Love to talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up it's for Bobby honor. Kerr. Mustang man. Mustang millionaire, specialty act of the year. Just all around good welder. Just a good buddy. He'll build you some cactus doors too. Yeah. And, in his spare time. And he also <laughs> in built in his spare 160 hours he's got. He can like, that's the biggest F you look I've gotten from him. He can also build a uh, ski pond too. Ski lake. Yeah. He built one, yeah. Check out episode I think that's episode eight. Yep. Anyway, Bobby Kerr, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, my friend. All right, 2 o'clock, we'll be back here tomorrow. Uh, Huey Fest tonight, the Spasmatics inside the Cowtown Coliseum. Um, come down, come have a gold buckle beer. P-Car Pro Rodeo, thanks for the support. Pendleton Whiskey, thank you also. Anything else, JR? Rump Chat, check it out, rumpchat.com. We actually have merchandise if you want to get your rump chat Oh, gear. yeah, it finally got here. Go thanks talk to the to Hendersons. Zach. Go talk to Zach and Brady. They'll get you hooked up. All right. Thank you for being here. See you all tomorrow.